The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the revolution. The two of you are making me and every one of your friends sick. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) They walk a thin dividing line between sanity and lunacy. It's time to give thanks to what's truly important. The who owes who money here? (laughs) Live from America's heartland, beamed throughout the world at JimandTrav.com. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Oh, we are fancy to have charts. Preaching. We are gathered here today. Woo, folks, we are gathered here today to celebrate <laughs> the wild turkey. Save me the dark meat, honey. So put your hands together and you clap. You clap to honor. Amen, brother. The long beard. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And we praise you, Jesus, for the wild turkey and his juicy dark meat. This ain't no butterball. You know, if church would have actually been like that, you would have won. I would have actually won. That would be fun. That should be like an old classic hymn. I saw like a quote one time about like, I go to church, but I just spell it like N-A-T-U-R-E or something like that, you know? <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and as you would say, it ain't no butterball. That's right. All right. So we are talking for the love of the hunt on today's show. Got some great guests. Uh, Mr. Greg Ritz. Yeah, that's right. And also Daniel Vitalis. Yeah. Greg. Gritz, he's with Huntmasters, though. He That's Outdoor Channel. Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Daniel Vitalis, what an amazing beard. He's okay himself. His beard's <laughs> pretty cool, though. I actually had a cup of coffee with his beard the other day. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Wild Fed, though. That's Outdoor Channel Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And Mrs. Bunny, you're going to have some outdoor news for us. Absolutely, boys. All about Florida's water situation Ooh. and um, some grizzly bear attack. Unfortunately, some other stuff. So, All right, let's get... Yeah. <laughs> to Mrs. Buddy. Oh, and it's brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. You know what? Uh, go get a spring bear tag. Make some Put sausage. some High Mountain Seasonings on it. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's get to Mrs. Buddy. For the love of the hunt is on today's revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, here is Mrs. Bunny, brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. You know, you would think for how many years we've done this, it would be a lot smoother. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Mrs. Bunny. A little choppy this morning. What is the outdoor news? What are the happenings right now? Okay, so Florida water quality is in the spotlight. You know, as you guys know, um, the release of water from Lake Okeechobee has long been an issue that has been oh, yeah. talked about. It's uh, uh, toxic to um, the wetlands and things like that. And so it's been an area of concern, especially because right now they're already reporting some of the earliest um, algae blooms ever right now. happening and so they're you know concerned about a banner year for that so an important deal was recently signed or reached between governor DeSantis and the army corps of engineers on continuing and accelerating a construction project for the everglades agricultural area or eaa reservoir south of lake okeechobee this project includes two major features there is a treatment wetland that will clean the water 
and then a reservoir that will store the excess water from Lake Okeechobee. So the construction of a 6,500-acre wetland known as Stormwater Treatment Area, or STA, began in April of 2020, and that'll be completed by 2023. Oh, wow. And then the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is actually building the reservoir component themselves, and this is a 10,500-acre above-ground water storage reservoir, which will hold 240,000 acre-feet of water. The construction is slated to begin later this year, and it's widely hoped that the construction of this EAA reservoir will be the single most important Everglades restoration project that will help end the toxic discharges permanently. This new reservoir should reduce the release of water containing blue-green algae, um, cleaning the water that's going south, and also reducing the damaging discharges that go to the east and west coast. I'm going to tell you what, anytime there's toxic discharge, I'm like, whoa. (laughs) I want no part of that. Yeah, so obviously this is going to be a little ways out, and it doesn't solve the immediate problem like the algae bloom that is happening right now. There are a lot of people that are really frustrated in Florida, wishing that there was more being done. This is something that is obviously not going to happen right away. So what they do in the interim to handle these problems is something. But hopefully this is something in the long term. It may be a five-year project or so that will really help um, these issues they're having with uh, water quality. Is it going to be too late, though, by the time this is completed? Because it would be into another drought cycle. Irreversible. It'll be interesting. By 2023, holy cow. I saw something there. Governor DeSantis had something like $265 billion or something like that toward um, restoring the Everglades and these projects and things wow. of this nature, yeah. trying to hand, get a handle on this. So anyways, okay. a lot of stuff happening. What's so. happening in Yellowstone? Okay, Yellowstone, unfortunately. A hiker killed in a grizzly bear attack, guys. A That's Mont- terrible. A Montana outdoorsman and backcountry guide suffered fatal injuries in a grizzly bear attack this month in the Baker's Hole area of Yellowstone National Park. He was an experienced outdoorsman. And he was alone fishing in the west part of the park when the bear attacked. He did have bear spray with him, but it's unclear if he was able to use it or not. Um, investigators say he was in the fetal position that was recommended. Um, investigators revisited the site uh, this past week, and they dispatched the aggressive bear that actually charged the group of investigators. It was determined. Oh, it charged the group of investigators. It did. Oh, holy cow! Really? It was determined that it was an older male grizzly, and they actually found a moose carcass 50 yards within the attack site, indicating that. Oh. Oh, so it was, was protecting its kill by this bear defending its food source. So, oh man, that is terrible. Uh, investigators reminding people this person was a well-experienced backcountry guide, um, ex- reminding people that even the most experienced, um, unfortunately, fall victim to these situations. Sometimes, so for people to be about themselves out there, they recommend people staying on the beaten path, staying on the trails, and tell people that if they're going to be the backcountry hiker type, they're leaving the trails to have a heightened sense of um, awareness. About your surroundings. Well, that's terrible. You know, the guy was prepared. Yep. Uh, he knew the dangers, but he also, he had no idea nope. that, you know, this grizzly had just killed a, a moose. A moose and is just protecting it. I mean, yep. that's Be that's like tough. you being at McDonald's and somebody killing you because you had a McDonald's. Yeah, I got really deep, <laughs> by the way. You know, it was this morning. I'd more equate it to this morning. And there was one donut left, and I went to grab it. Uh-huh. And Jimbo charged at me, and I thought about dispatching him. I really and yet did. yet he sprayed me with bear spray. Yeah, yeah, so I just sprayed him with bear spray, and it quickly resolved the situation. Yeah, yeah I can't um, breathe yet. No, I just poured some warm milk on his eyes. <laughs> uh, so anyways, be about yourself when you're yep. out there in the woods. And, I mean, the darndest things happen and when you're not prepared for them. You or know, you're not Expecting them, you know? I read that the National Park Service has been open, has had Yellowstone open since like 79, you know? Yeah. And so it's like 42 years or something like that. There have been 44 encounters with, not fatal, I'm just saying um, 44 
injuries um, that's all encompassing over that many years. And so it's like your likelihood of having an incident with a bear is like one in every 2.65 million or something like that. However, in instances like this, when you are the one in every 2.65 million, you need to make sure that you are about yourself and you have something to um, defend yourself. This got really sad. It did. So let's move on. Let's bring it back. (laughs) Let's bring it back. Okay, something that's kind of positive. Chronic wasting disease. Oh, that's that's positive. No, No, it's been a big deal, but uh, scientists have now developed a test um, for live animals. Um, they for have live? For live animals, and they're hoping that one day they'll be able to detect illness in the wild to be able to better curb this problem. So it is a new method that utilizes a piece of tissue from the animal's ear for testing. So imagine a hole punch. I'm imagining that they um, dart animals or tranquilize them or whatever, and it's like a hole punch, and they go in, and they take a tissue sample from the ear of a live animal, and then they run it through, and they can tell whether or not, with pretty good um, efficacy, whether or not these animals are testing positive for chronic wasting disease. Previously, more invasive tests had been um, effective, but they were difficult to collect because it was um, either a rectal sample or a biopsy of lymph nodes which um, obviously is neither one is a great option for live animals, right? So scientists are hoping that this is a simpler and safer test for animals, and they hope it will be an advantage in helping slow the chronic the spread of chronic wasting disease if there is a field test that can quickly identify these infected animals. So they're working on this. There has to go through more field trials, but there is hope on the future of chronic wasting disease. Yeah, so anytime there's a test that involves a buhoo, <laughs> I'm like, nope, I want no part of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Here's think so. looking up your old address. <laughs> Whatever I have, I'm fine with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. That's a very positive step towards identifying. Uh, hopefully, you know, eventually take it to the next level and finding a cure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Curbing this. All right. So, Mrs. Bunny, there was a lot of devastating news. <laughs> yes. We appreciate that. You betcha. <laughs> Let's hope it gets happier after break. Yeah. As we're joined by uh, Greg Ritz. He's the host of Hunt Masters Outdoor Channel. Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But no thanks, girl, for uh, keeping us up. You betcha, boys. Greg Rich, right after this. Woohoo! The Revolution with Jim and Trev. Outdoor Radio 24 7. Connect with the boys on social media and at the always exciting JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The Revolution will be right back. Texas Motor Speedway has always been a special place. From the asphalt to the whitetail woods. A lot of the times we'll do things away from the track. NASCAR driver Jeb Burton lives a double life on the racetrack and off the beaten path. Going to a track where you've had success just builds confidence leading into the weekend. We hear something coming up and I see it's my target buck that I'm going after. Crossroads with the Burtons, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Sportsman Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. For the love of the hunt, this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now kicking off a two-parter with Greg Ritz, host of Hunt Masters on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network and My Outdoor TV. This is part one.
Hey, we are back. We're talking for the love of the hunt on this week's show. Before the break, we had Mrs. Bunny on giving us news types from all over the country. Exactly. Just now being joined by Mr. Greg Riss. He is the host of Huntmasters on Outdoor Channel. Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All new season is going to be kicking off in July. But you can get Mr. Greg correct. Huntmasters on the My Outdoor TV app. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Ten years worth, guys. Holy, it's wow. been ten years? Really? Crazy. It goes to show you how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know what I always say, oh, though? Geez. Everything tastes better when it sits on a Ritz. I don't, I don't even know how to take that myself, Greg. <laughs> I know. You know, it's an old, worn-out line, but he thinks it's funny. <laughs> I love that. Well, you get to my age, everything's funny. <laughs> uh, there's not even a courtesy laugh there. I like that. I, so, question for you. You know, obviously, you're a wonderful land manager. Uh, you've done so many amazing things, phenomenal, uh, for conservation. Do you, in part, or is it kind of like uh, it benefits all here, when you manage your land, mentioning, uh, you know, spring turkey hunting, do you manage it for all wildlife, just for deer? Or is it one of those, if you're managing it for the whitetails, let's say, it in turn is going to help the turkeys, the ground nesting birds, whatever it may be, uh, kind of a trickle down effect. Is that what you do? You have to look at it as the ecosystem mm-hmm. and not just for one specific animal so it's turkeys, it's pheasants, it's quail, it's white-tailed deer, because a lot of the same practices benefit everything, but some of the types of CRP programs we put in, whether it's a pollinator program, that's really big right now in the Midwest, because we have an absence of bees. Oh, yes. You may or may not have, have heard that, right? So they're not pollinating, you know, the plants and the flowers like they should be. So we're starting to lose some of this, and obviously all the wildlife benefits from it. So I don't make it singular to whitetails. There are some things I do specifically for them, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I don't I don't manage just for their benefit. Well, it's, really, it's really interesting that you bring up the, the bees and stuff. What do you think is causing this? Do you think it's uh, pesticides, uh, pesticides, current farming practices? Do you think it's global warming? I mean, it it is my wife and I have been talking about this and we would like to start raising uh, some bees. We just don't live in it. We live in too too big of an agricultural area. There's too much overspray and stuff like that where we can't do it. What do you think the problem is? It's commercial farming. And and I don't want to generalize and say all farmers Uh, You know, don't don't focus on wildlife or don't care. But the you know, they are definitely business driven and uh, in the chemicals, insecticides and the fungicides that are used. I was just having this conversation with a local farmer two days ago and uh, and I said, hey, how you doing on getting the morel mushrooms? Mm. You know, right now, morel should be everywhere. He goes, I found two. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. and, and, And what everybody talks about are the fungicides are being sprayed for the corn, aerial yeah. sprayed. Yeah. So you get some wind drift that goes in the woods. So definitely the farming practices, you go back just one generation, and if these farmers' fathers raised 100 bushel an acre corn, they thought they were doing phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Now it's common to hear about 300 bushel an acre corn. Yeah. So you just look, we, we've at least doubled, maybe tripled the output on the same number of acres for corn and beans. And that comes obviously through better chemicals, better applications, better machinery. And unfortunately, 
they're also ripping up all the fence lines, guys. Uh-huh. And uh, so what? So what I'm doing? So let me tell you about the big program that's kicking off tomorrow. Everybody needs to watch my stories on social media. We're documenting it for the Outdoor Channel, My Outdoor TV. I hope to start a trend, mm. and it's expensive. I am retiring prime agricultural ground, corn and bean ground, big bottom field, 12 acres. I'm taking it out of production, and I'm planting. Well, first of all, I flew out two weeks ago. I planted warm season grasses on all of it. I'm going in now and doing a restoration project with trees. Really? I'm eight 8,000 trees. Wow. 8,000? Seriously? Eight, yeah. So, <laughs> and, so you think about this, um, you know, and obviously I'm working with, with experts out there. Ray Reeves uh, oh, yeah. is one of the guys I'm consulting with. And, and so we've designed this. We've got Norway spruce. We've got white pine. We've got cedars. We've got chestnuts. We've got different types of oak trees. Um, so we're trying to replicate what nature's provided and retire the ag ground and give it all to the wildlife. Well, you know, it's amazing when you talk about true large commercial farming. There's no greater, really, stewards of the land than mom-and-pop farmers, small farming operations. It's these big conglomerates that have come in, monopolized everything. You know, they talk about they're for the farming community. No, they're pushing the farming community out. It's kind of like the beef industry. There's like six or seven main producers that supply everybody, Walmart, Kroger, so on and so forth. They're pushing the smaller people out. But but what we are seeing, guys, and I do think that COVID has has helped to some degree as more people are at home cooking, that understanding where our food comes, traceability, transparency, short ingredients list, understanding how, uh, you know, I think people are going back to wanting products from the mom and pop farms, from the small cattle farmer, from the small yep. hog or chicken farmer. And, and I think... Uh, you know, we're going to have the, the, the same effects, uh, you know, on, on the organic side. And I think there's a balance. We have to feed the world, 100% understand. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, those small farmers, we got to find a way to keep them alive and healthy and then allow their kids to come up. Because so many of their kids, they go to college and they come back and they're like, uh, Dad, that's awfully hard working on that dairy farm. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I said that myself. <laughs> now, what was... Okay, you're sitting there. You're pulling this 12 acres out. You know, I mean, that makes a decent amount of money right there. Was mm-hmm. it just for the sake, Mr. Greg, of giving back to conservation? What that's going to do for the wildlife, for the ecosystem 12 years down the road? Is it to teach others, your children, set a good example? What was the main idea behind this? What drove you ultimately, Mr. Greg, to do this? I've, I've been blessed to be an ambassador or an influencer in our space. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so therefore I feel the responsibility to help shape the direction where wildlife stewards, which are the hunters, the hunters are the quintessential wildlife stewards. We care more about the wildlife than the guy hiking and biking out there. And I'm so happy they're out there enjoying the outdoors. Yeah. But what do they do when they go put their mountain bike or their kayak on top of their car? Mm-hmm. What do they, what do they do? Do they actually get their hands dirty? And I'm trying to shape this direction and say, Hey, habitat is king. 
So it's not food. You know, as deer hunters, we have food plots and focal points and creating, uh, you know, uh, opportunities to see more deer. I want to create opportunities to raise more wildlife Mm -hmm. because what I'm putting in is going to benefit the two cubbies of quail that are on my property. It's going to create great nesting habitat for the turkeys. And these pollinator programs are going to allow the bees to come in. So I figure with my voice and what I do, and I do want to be a good uh, father figure to my kids so they understand that you got to give back to take. Mm. Got to make an investment to make a withdrawal. And this is just my way of doing it. You bet. Hey, we got to take a break. Can you stick around, Greg? Love to. Great. Hey, we're talking with Greg Ritz. He's host of Huntmasters on Outdoor Channel Sunday nights at 8.30 Eastern Time. And this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Now, Mr. Greg, to learn more about you, Huntmasters, these awesome conservation projects uh, you're currently partaking in. So we can follow along, get some tips, pick your brain. Where can we find you online, buddy? Uh, Facebook, Greg Ritz Huntmasters, Twitter, Greg Ritz. Of course, Instagram, where I'm doing all my stories of everything that I do, is Huntmasters TV. So, uh, and if you need to find out anything about uh, my shows or what I'm doing, uh, you can go to Huntmasters.com or the Outdoor Channel. Yeah, Huntmasters, that's Outdoor Channel Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and all new season uh, kicking off in July as well. That's right, more regrets right after this. Don't go anywhere. Don't you dare touch that radio dial. Greg Ritz, our favorite hunt master and yours, will return with Jim and Trav after Jim has a yummy snack. I mean, after this word from our sponsors. Anyway, stick around. Big ideas come alive when you're backyard ready. Discover the very best in outdoor living all in one place. We're ready when you're ready at GameAndFishMag.com forward slash backyard. It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined the side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. Featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. The revolution with Jim and Travis back for the love of the hunt is on. Now let's get back to Mr. Greg Ritz, host of Hunt Masters on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here's part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking for the love of the hunt, and there's a lot of love going on here. Now, Greg, I've got to say, out here, you know, I talked earlier about the prairie land that we live in and so forth, but mm-hmm. I noticed that there is no till farming out here, Correct. which what means that nothing goes back into the soil. They ha- If they don't feed it with anhydrous and whatever else, you don't have plants. But the fact of the matter is, I remember my grand, actually Carrie's grandfather, Three years in a row, he planted oats, and then he plowed it under. 
And he did it three times. The guy said, what are you doing that for? He says, you've got to build a soil in order to be able to sustain what I want to grow on it eventually. What do you think about that? You are 100% right. Because you either have soil, okay, which has organic materials. It's a natural living ecosystem with fungi and bacteria, worms and and invertebrates. Or you have dirt, Mm. which is sterile. And a lot of these big farming practices now, they just have dirt. And what I mean by that is this dirt just takes fertilizer, and then the fertilizer grows the plant. Mm. Right. So there's nothing from an organic material standpoint. So planting the cover crops, rotating out. If you you really go back one generation and you watch the farming practices – Every third year, they would rotate out of corn and beans and do something to build the organic material. Yeah. Right? And then a lot of these farmers are putting in cover crops. So as soon as they harvest their corn or beans, they go in with turnips and radishes and winter wheat. You know, something that when it dies and decomposes, it it, it adds to the life of the soil. And a lot of these uh, commercial farmers... You know, it's a put and take game. I put the fertilizer in with the seed and I take, you know, my yield off. And I think there's a better way to do this. And there are some big guys who are looking at uh, putting chicken litter down, putting hog manure down and putting these microorganisms down and uh, in their strip tilling. Mm-hmm. So they're not you've seen the big fields and they have 40 foot discs out there and field cultivators and everything is beat to a powder, not good. Yeah, yeah. But the guys who are strip killing, who are only knifing the ground open and working at where that seed goes, you know, they're the ones that are getting the better yields and have the more organic material. Mm. You, you bet. Hey, this has been a really strange spring, hasn't it? I mean, you got you've got snow, and then you get eighty degree weather, and then next thing you know, the icebergs come. What's going on out there? I, I don't know about this whole global warming thing, but it it has been cold. It's been rainy. We had a snow in the Midwest last week. Yeah. But, uh, hey, there are some people killing some turkeys now. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I have a uh, four-season tag in Illinois. So after I'm done my tree planting this week, I'm going to jump in the field Friday, Saturday. And I don't know how long I'll turkey hunt because I'll probably end up doing more shed hunting than, than anything else. But uh, Yeah, after you get done planting those 8,000 trees, you know, <laughs> that's not even a joke. He, he just planted New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, my God, that's awesome. Now, question for you, Mr. Greg, and this yeah. is something we've never really discussed before. Um, you're so passionate about the outdoors, about hunting, about encouraging others, about conservation. Um, but this is also a job for you. You know, you document everything. Uh, you know, it's just not like you, we turn on the television and we have Huntmasters, which is such a phenomenally produced quality show. It took so much work to get that final product. Do you ever get burnout with everything you do? I hate to tell you, but I don't because I love it so much. Really? Uh, seriously? It, yeah, I, I really, I do because... And this is where I think social media really helps because when you put it all out there and you see the response and you get somebody that says, Hey, I went to the NRCS office and I, you know, enrolled, you know, in a, in a tree restoration program, a CRP program, the equip program. And, you know, I tried this or here's a success last year because of something I saw that you do or 
and I, believe it or not, most of my comments are about my kids. Thank you for inspiring me to get my kids outside. Really? Like that, that fuels me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I have some really good, um, videographers that, uh, that help share the burden as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I think you everyone's heard the, uh, the saying, you know, many hands make light work. Oh, yeah. So it's really about the team and the videographers and the producers and all the other people that, uh, help support, you know, all the way back to New Hampshire, um, you know, allow me to do what I do. And, and when I wake up, I'm ready to go by five o'clock in the morning. My wheels are turning. There's no, uh, grass growing under my feet. Yeah. Now, the thing is, you make it look so effortless that when you're doing the program that uh, I imagine a lot of people, even myself, says, geez, I think I can do what Greg Britz does. (laughs) That's not true. No. I have tried it, and I suck at it. That's kind of interesting that Jimbo brings that up because, I mean, you look in the outdoor industry, Mr. Greg. There is literally, you know, a handful of people. You're one of them. Uh, that has really made a name for himself and has been tremendously successful. But there's hundreds, thousands of people that are struggling or They're just wannabes or just couldn't make it. What do you attribute that to? Long term relationships. Really? You know, I, I was I was blessed to get in the business and build those relationships. And whether it's with the people at Hornady, whether it's with the people at Matthews, whether it's with the people of Reconics, with the people at out, the Outdoor Channel. And, uh, and I think if you, uh, if you stay true to the course and remember who you are, I don't do this to make money, right? Mm-hmm. I make a living, but you don't, you don't get rich off of this. I don't do this to sign hats or give away t-shirts. I do this to leave a legacy. Yeah. I mean, that, that is truly what fuels me every day. And I think my sponsors see that and the industry supports that. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of unsung heroes out there, by the way, that know 10 times what I know. <laughs> and, uh, and I think social media is going to expose a lot of these up and comers. We need young people, right? I mean, we need these 30 year old guys coming up. And, uh, so I'm hoping that, uh, what I do becomes an inspiration for these 30 year olds to, uh, hand the baton off to. Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, earlier about uh, going out turkey hunting. Now you're hunting that Eastern bird over there, right? Eastern birds, correct, right. Until you get over to your, you know, world in Kansas, then you get into the Miriams. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we got a few Rios out here in western Kansas as well. You can get uh, three oh. of the four of the Grand Slam uh, right here in Kansas. I, I still think the smartest birds are the Easterns. By the way, I think oh, when yeah. you get into the Rios and the Miriams, you get into. Uh, uh, you know, birds that, uh, you know, a little bit easier to harvest. That's my experience. I equate it to the people, too. We're yeah. just a little simpler out here in the Midwest. <laughs> a, little, a, little sl- a little slower. <laughs> that's right. It, that's Greg, why we put up those slow children at play. Yeah, that's for Jimbo when he's crossing the, the road there. Uh, now, Mr. Greg, to learn more about you, Huntmasters Outdoor Channel Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Such a fun show, man. Love watching you. Oh, we can also pick it up on my outdoor TV. All new season, though, kicking off in July. Where can we find you online, man? And also uh, follow your uh, conservation adventures, buddy. Instagram is where most people are at. That's Huntmasters TV. Facebook, Greg Ritz Huntmasters. Twitter, of course, is Greg Ritz. But most importantly, uh, follow the TikTok because that's the most fun that we do at Huntmasters. You bet. 
Hey, after the break, we've got Daniel Vitalis. Yeah, he's with Wild Fed. That's Outdoor Channel Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch uh, anywhere, anytime. You can do that with Hunt Masters. That's My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Mr. Greg, we love you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, let's do this again at the end of the season, and hopefully we have some big deer stories to talk about. Right on, brother. All right, here's a word from Mrs. Bunny, and we'll return right after the break. Mrs. Bunny's off-road tips are brought to you by Yamaha at YamahaOutdoors.com. Realize your adventure. There are an incredible array of accessories available for ATVs and side-by-sides that help customize the riding experience for individual drivers and their needs. One accessory that no ATV or side-by-side rider should ever be without is a good winch. While you may not use a winch on every off-road excursion, this piece of gear will save your tail when you need it the most. Warren has developed a solid reputation for high-quality winches, and at ShopYamaha.com, you can pick up a Warren winch that's right for your machine. The Axon 3,500-pound winch with synthetic rope by Warren is great for ATV applications, and the Axon 4,500-pound winch with synthetic rope by Warren is a great fit for Yamaha side-by-side applications. The Motactor on the Axon is sealed from the elements, and it comes with 50 feet of synthetic rope that is perfect for extreme environments. That synthetic rope not only performs well, but also offers safety. Synthetic lines don't store energy when being pulled, so if they were ever to break, they won't have the elastic snapping effect that a metal cable does. Check out ShopYamaha.com for all kinds of great accessories and gear for your Yamaha machines like a good, worn winch. Can I borrow your internet? JimandTrav.com. Everything outdoors is right there. Stay tuned. The revolution will return right after this. Savor the finer things in life. Hunting, fishing, and eating. Every adventure starts in the field and ends on the fork. Join epic outdoorsmen Steve Ranella, Daniel Vitalis, and Tommy Gomes as they hunt, fish, and forage around the world to create the perfect meal. I could eat the snot out of this thing all day long. The most mouth-watering night in Outdoor Channel history. Taste of the wild. Mondays beginning at 7 on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. And for the love of the hunt, now let's kick off another two-parter with Daniel Vitalis, host of Wild Fed on Outdoor Channel, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. Hey, we're back. We're talking about For the Love of the Hunt on this week's show. And before the break, we had Greg Ritz. He is the host of Hunt Masters on Outdoor Channel, Sundays at 8.30. What, no Ritz Crackers jokes? He's so tasty. Everything's great when it sits on a rib. That's weird. All right, anyways, Daniel Vidalis, he is just now joining us. He is the host of Wild Fed, all-new series, Outdoor Channel, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Daniel, Big D, how's it going, buddy? Hey, guys, thanks for having me. I'm doing great, enjoying the springtime up here. Yeah, well, springtime has got to be a great time for everybody who loves to forage. And I I noticed that you've got a lot of uh, things that you like to harvest this time of the year. Give us an idea of some of those. Well, you know, this time of year, what we're after is a lot of the vegetables that first come up from the ground, you know, the early shoots. I think sometimes people imagine wild plants are bitter, and that's because wild plants have to make toxic compounds so bugs and herbivores don't eat them. But in the early spring, when the bugs aren't out yet, all the shoots, they haven't developed all those bitter-tasting compounds. So our ostrich ferns fiddleheads come up, and our wild onions, our wild leeks come up. 
uh, our dames rockets, some wild mustard comes up. So we start harvesting all these greens, and it's a short window of like two weeks, but we start bringing home all kinds of these amazing vegetables, you know, after a period of time where everything in the store has been, you know, imported for so long. So it's really nice in the spring to get those fresh greens. Yeah, now you, you had mentioned mustard, like garlic mustard. I think that's pretty much invasive all across uh, the country. Is garlic mustard something you guys like to uh, forage for? Yeah, it is. In fact, garlic mustard is one of those plants that if you find it, usually you're really helping the ecological situation by taking it and taking, you know, this isn't a plant we're trying to conserve. Yeah. Now, the thing is, it doesn't matter. The more you trample on it, the more of it it grows. <laughs> so we're really not, you know, getting rid of it. But it's one of those things you don't have to worry about leaving any for the animals. You don't have to worry about leaving any for its own life cycle. So garlic mustard in most places is a very invasive, exotic plant. You just take as much as you want. And it's what a fantastic green that is. Yeah, it, the, uh, the this time of the year, the spring of the year, uh, Yule Gibbons, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he wrote a book oh, called yeah. Stalking the Wild Asparagus. And this is a time of the year that uh, asparagus starts to sprout, doesn't it? It does, man. And, you know, I think one of the things most people wouldn't recognize an asparagus plant once it grows out. You know, it looks like a really different creature altogether. But in the early part of the year, you'll see, you know, an asparagus stalk, just like you're used to seeing in the supermarket. But for foragers, this is the time of year for our green vegetables because within a few months, they're all going to be too bitter. They're all going to be too fibrous. So we get real excited right now. But we also just finished our maple syrup season and our birch syrup season. Oh. And right after this, of course, our turkey season opens in a few days. So we're getting ready for that. And spring suckers, our alewives run. So this is just this little window where we're grabbing green plants before our hunting and fishing begins. Now, isn't like right now, you know, everyone's out putting Scott's weed and feed on their yard. Uh, early, you know, I think a great jumping off point, and I know I've had it before, and you certainly have Daniel and Jimbo, uh, but picking dandelions, the oh, greens, yeah. I mean, that makes for a wonderful salad and soups and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about the same thing I've been saying. In the early part of the year, they're still really palatable. Mm -hmm. As they grow out, they yeah. start to get too bitter. But here's another little trick for people. If you find little clusters of, you know, if you're in an area that hasn't had a lot of application of pesticides, you know, you've got dandelions that are clean to eat. When you look down right about now, you're going to see in the whirl of leaves, they'll be right in the center, all the unopened flower buds. They yeah. haven't even grown stems yet. Those little clusters, you take a spoon, that's a regular teaspoon, and kind of file the edge of it so it's sharp. And then you scoop out those hearts that's that you, you'll pull three or four of those flower buds. Hmm. And you can saute those. You can deep fry them like little fritters, and they're fantastic too. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, they're real good. The <laughs> thing that that has always held me back, though, is um, the white substance that comes out of the stem. Uh, is that okay to eat? So that latex is the one part that we don't eat. That stem. So <laughs> the leaves are edible, the flowers are edible, and the roots are really nice. I don't know if you've ever had this, but a traditional preparation is you pull up the rhizome, the root. You wash those down with a scrub brush, get them real clean, cut them up, you roast them, and they make a coffee substitute. So um, you'll see a lot of people who are trying to get off a of coffee will be drinking dandelion uh, root coffee substitutes because they have such a rich flavor. Really? I did not know yeah. that. No, no. Yeah. Well, you know, some of the other things that uh, that I've been out in the woods and a little hesitant about is stinging nettles. And uh, <laughs> that's supposed to be pretty good, isn't it? What an awesome plant. Yeah. You know, stinging nettle is a really valuable plant for a bunch of reasons because it's got a great fiber. It's really high in chlorophyll. The leaves are very, very good for you and very nutritive. But another one where the rhizome of that plant is actually used to reduce inflamed prostate. 
So you've got this medicinal compound as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of men, once you get to 40 years old, it's really great to have a stinging nettle root tincture or tea in your life. But the greens themselves, I'll go out early in the year. Now, often what I'll do is I'll wear pants and a pair of gloves because, man, those stinging nettles have oh, yeah. a little hypodermic needle with a sack at the bottom that has formic acid, just like a, a red a fire ant would have. So when you touch that, you inject yourself with that little hypodermic needle uh, and you get those itchy stings. But if you take those and you blanch them, so you just hit them with boiling water real quick, pull them out, ice them down, you get rid of all those stings and then they're really easy to handle and they taste great like spinach. Oh my God, that is so amazing. All right, you got to watch uh, Daniel Vitalis. He is the host of Wild Fed on Outdoor Channel Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We're talking about spring foraging uh, right now. Now, tell me, I don't know much about it. I, I think it's in like streams, kind of marshy areas, definitely not where we are. Uh, have you ever had watercress before? Man, you got a pretty good knowledge base of this stuff. I'm impressed, man. Watercress is a real common one for us. I like to find it where it's growing in springs because one of the things that they, you know, is common with watercress you'll read about, particularly this happens in Europe, is you'll get a kind of a nematode on it if there's any animal grazing around there. And so you don't want to ever harvest watercress below the water level. Oh. But whatever's above the water level you can take, probably a good one to cook for that reason unless you're getting it from a really, really clean water source. So, like I said, I know a local spring, and we'll harvest it from there. And, uh, yeah, you get that, those really nice sulfuric compounds that are so nutritive and good for your body and good for your immune system, but also really rich flavor. So, you know, I think a lot of people imagine all through the year that foragers are eating all these fresh vegetables. But, you know, yeah. most of the year we're not. It's mostly this time of year. Yeah, well, you know... What, you know a lot. You know quite a few edible plants, man. Yeah. Uh, you know... What is this saying? April showers bring May flowers was true. There's like, you know, little flowers popping up all over the place. Have you had much violet leaves before? Isn't that something a lot of people eat? But it's more of like an acquired taste, I think. Well, again, it just they need to be young. So what, you know, violets are and and they are a very rich source of that beta carotene. We're always talking about you get out of carrots. Yeah. A precursor. Very, very rich in the violet leaves. So. Yeah, if you can identify them when they're real small, they're not, they're not something you're going to sit probably eat a big meal of, but they're something you can kind of add into your salad or add into your pot herbs um, as you kind of round out the number of species that you have. So this time of year, like you're describing, you could take a walk and come back with 10 of these different vegetables we've talked about, and now you've got this really diverse species, diverse meal. You bet. Hey, Daniel, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? I'd love to. Great. Hey, we're talking with Daniel Vitalis. Of course, he is the host of Wild Fed on Outdoor Channels, Monday nights at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And this has been brought to you by Outdoor Channels, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Now, Mr. Daniel, uh, such an interesting guy, dude. Uh, To follow you online, learn more about you, keep up with your social media, your partners, stuff like that. Where can we find you online, man? Uh, Get me on Instagram at Daniel Vitalis and at Wild fed and uh, my podcast which is called wild fed you bet hey more daniel vitalis right after this don't go anywhere after the break daniel vitalis of wild fed on outdoor channel monday 7 p.m eastern will teach jimby how to grow a beard it'll be outdoor radio at its finest so stay tuned 
Thanks for tuning in to The Revolution with Jim and Travs for the Love of the Hunt Show. Now, let's return to Daniel Vitalis, host of Wild Fed on Outdoor Channel, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. This is part two. Hey, folks, we are back. We are talking with Daniel Vitalis, and we're talking about for the love of the hunt. Now, his hunt this spring is to get wild vegetables. That's right. Now, really interesting. Watched an episode with you, uh, and you guys went in depth. Uh, it, it was a tremendous amount of work where you were actually releasing. What was that? Brown trout? Is that what you're doing? Oh, those were brook trout. Brook you know, trout. I, I'm, I'm somebody who likes to fish for wild trout. And yeah. You know how common stock trout are. So I decided I'll go to the fish hatchery, go out with them, stock some trout, see what this thing's all about, see what these fish are that they're growing. I got to say, I was really impressed. I'd heard all these stories about the bad feed they give them or how low quality these fish were. Where we went, they were raising these fish on spring water and really high quality fish feed. And uh, they call it the product they produce. But, you know, they're talking about brook trout. And we got to release hundreds of them. And I got to see, you know, when people are going to the put and take fisheries, you know, where do these fish come from? And and overall, I got to say, Maine's doing a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Now, you know, you had mentioned springs and so forth. Um should we be out looking for springs this time of the year? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge passion of mine. I really think it's it's a useful thing for people to know good, quality, clean drinking sources. Water that's free of fluoride, water that's free of chlorine, water that's free of, like, man-made intervention. So I, I love having a catalog of springs that I can visit locally. You know, of course, I live in the countryside, so people in an urban environment, that's a little more challenging. And you need to know you're at a real spring and not just a seep or somewhere where there's a lot of ag runoff or something like that. But if you're of the adventurous type and you like spring water, I think this is a great time you're to be looking. Now, what are some common signs you should look for to make sure it's not runoff or just, you know, seeping out of some place? How can you tell if it's an actual spring, you drink it, and you don't get the heebie-jeebies? Or? <laughs> well, one of, the, one of the things that I always tell people is that, that springs that are really established usually have people visiting them, and they're pretty common, you know? Uh, yeah. There's a website, findaspring.com, that can help you locate springs in your area. That can be really useful. But if you're going to one of those places where where you get there and the old timers they're filling up all their jugs and they tell you they've been drinking there for 30 years you know you know you got a good spot if you stumble onto a water source in the woods that's a little bit more sketchy you're going to want to make sure that runs all year stays at a consistent temperature you know if this is something that dries up from time to time then you're looking at a seep most likely. So, you know, you want to get one of those water sources where somebody's already put a pipe in it and, you know, you're seeing people pulling over to the side of the road, go fill their jugs all the time. That's the safest bet. Holy cow. All right, Mr. Daniel Vitalis, he is the host of the all-new series Wild Fed that is Outdoor Channel Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Dude, again, to learn more about you, to catch up, uh, and people really need to go back and listen to the uh, Wild Fed podcast. Lots of great information in there. Uh, And to follow you on social media, where can we find you, man? Instagram at Daniel Vitalis and wild.fed. And then you can find our podcast anywhere you find podcasts. It's called Wild Fed. And then, of course, uh, wild-fed.com is kind of a good hub for all our stuff. Yeah, that was Daniel Vitalis. And right after this, more for the love of the hunt. Mr. Daniel, dude, you're so awesome. God bless you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks. Always great talking to you guys. I can't believe I'm listening to this. Yeah, we're sorry. Whoa! Hey! Go! Go! Go outside today! Hey! Hunt! Fish! 
and do it like a boss. Hey. Bunny, you know she is a turkey slaying ninja. Hey. And Jimbo, he is a backstrap grilling fellow. Word. Stay right there. The Revolution with Jim and Trav will return right after these messages. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help Help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim! With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak! I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. Look, I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the grandpappy of the outdoors. Great show, everyone. We just gotta get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Great show this week. Talking about for the love of the hunt. And, uh, of course, we had uh, Greg Rich from Huntmaster and also Daniel Vitalis from Wildfed. Yeah, and Mrs. Bunny, you were here as well. You betcha, boys, with some news. Exactly. Jimbo, last word. Hey, did you know that Jeff Burton won uh, last Saturday? No, it was Jeb Burton. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Let's relive I did, I that, did that moment. <laughs> yeah, sure he did. Yes, Jeb Burton won. He actually Talladega. Text, he, he texted me that night. Yeah, he of course he said that we did. were his good luck charm. <laughs> Instrumental. Yeah. No well, doubt. And the last thing you said to him was, win on Saturday. Yeah, I, I would have said that to anybody, though. Yeah. <laughs> just going to say. No, that's uh, congratulations that to him, though. made special, did a, uh, a tremendous win uh, for him. Anyways, get outdoors this week and take some kiddos with you. And as always, hammer home firearm safety. Spend your weekend outdoors as a family, soaking up that sunshine. Uh, have a great time. Thank you, boys and girls, so much for listening. We will return next week, though. Yes, we will. All right, peace out. God bless you in the United States of America.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.